Welcome to Because People Count, the Accountancy Europe podcast. This podcast tackles the hottest topics for the European accountancy profession. Get your need-to-know update from Brussels. We bring you this time an exclusive chat between two experts in the area of sustainable finance. Normally, this interview would only be available for Accountancy Europe members, but we think that it is important to share how our profession is getting ready and tackling head-on the challenges that our society faces. In this episode, we bring you a frank exchange between the Chair of Accountancy Europe Sustainable Finance Policy Group, Wim Bartels, and the Vice Chair of the same group, Rami Fengali. Hearing them talk, we see the important and practical implementation that is happening on the accountant's side to be ready to accommodate environmental and social factors into corporate reporting. Now these are two experts that are deep into the topic, so they toss technical terms and jargon back and forth. For those of us that are not so involved, the most important acronyms they use are ESG for Environmental, Social and Governance Issues, NFRD for the European Commission's Non-Financial Reporting Directive, which is slated for review shortly. We begin with Rami outlining the challenges and opportunities around sustainable finance. He starts by noting the fact that everything has happened at once, and this has meant that many things have kicked off, not necessarily in the right order. When he talks about consultations, he refers to the European Commission's consultations on different aspects related to sustainable finance. Please excuse the audio quality. This was recorded remotely, and so the connection was not always ideal. One challenge is for us was to be able to respond to all the consultations. <laughs> Very practical, but, but I mean, uh, and, and actually behind this is also the difficulty probably to get the, the main message out because when you look at the consultation, they're very detailed. But I'm not sure that the statistics are a good way to solve these issues. So that's also a challenge, I would say. Maybe one reflection on what I can see in the, in the near future uh, as being important for us. I think we will be requested as a profession to provide more and more assurance work because one company is are taking more and more commitments and when they're taking commitments at a certain stage they would like someone external to come and say if they if they abide by this commitment and secondly that because of the request of the disclosure and, and the bit of difficulty and certainty of the underlying infrastructure there will be also a, a request for assurance to, to give people more clarity or credibility on what's being provided, which is an opportunity for us, definitely, but a challenge as well in an environment where the basic infrastructure is not there. One thing that struck me recently is, is the taxonomy requirement. And when you look at the taxonomy requirement, the, the company will have to disclose something in 2020 about their alignment with the taxonomy. And then the financial institution will have to disclose afterward as well. I don't think anybody is ready on this. And the level of granularity of the taxonomy today is so much that I don't know if in, in one year time, people will be ready. So if they won't be ready, it means that they will have to take a shortcut estimation. They will have to also apply judgment. 
and in in a way we'll be asked to assure this so we'll have challenging in doing this and maybe one thing that would be useful is to prepare for this yeah and i think i fully uh, with you when it is about these uh, challenges around the taxonomy so for those of you who are not uh, fully familiar with that so the uh, eu has set this uh, six uh, categories of this taxonomy that defines sustainable uh, activities in a sustainable economy and so far only the two for climate have been uh, defined and developed so these are the criteria for climate related economic activities that then would apply uh, as as being green under that taxonomy as you i think you just said around that already is like i think over 600 pages but that's only two categories so then we have four more to go about uh, pollution and biodiversity water amongst others and I am with you, you know, that, that is a big challenge. So would you say that for auditors, uh, we should prepare ourselves in one way or the other? And if so, I mean, what, what would be the first things that come to your mind when it is about how to make sure that we don't get at risk and our companies don't get at risk? I'm pretty sure nobody will be totally ready by 21 and, and still there will be requirement to disclose. And there is a strong pressure, I think, from the external stakeholder, including NGOs, so that disclosure is done on, on this. So having said that, I think the, the main element I see is making sure that the company that is disclosing is transparent about what it's doing, what assumption, what, what has been done with the precise criteria and what assumption it has to take company and financial institution as well. I think transparency will be key. I'm not too sure how, how far we, they can go on this, but imagine if they're transparent about what they're doing, even if there are some in industry uh, type of guidelines that people can relate to, then it will be easier for us to assure, obviously, because we'll have something to compare to. I think how I would add to this, see it is also is that you know, where we have uh, spoken about ESG and the, and the NFRD so far, for example, has is uh, within the remit of mainstream financial auditors, but in many cases it requires um, ESG specialists to, to tell whether a company fulfills the criteria. That could also be seen as a way going forward. But in my view, the role of the mainstream financial auditor will become much more important, isn't it, when you think about that companies need to report on both their, uh, their turnover from these uh, uh, green activities, their capex, uh, as well as the as well as the the opex. So, with that, I would say, uh, if you are a financial auditor, so you know those auditors within our members who uh, who are working in an external financial uh, audit uh, would also really have to prepare themselves. Would you agree with that, Rami? Oh, yes, definitely. When we talk later on where the profession can go, I think it's going to go in, in integration between ESG expertise and financial expertise. It has to go there. And in a way, taxonomy is already pushing us to go in that direction because, as you mentioned, actually, to apply it, you need to go to look at financial figures, CapEx, OPEX, the turnover, and link this to economic activities, sectors, and then link it to some uh, ESG KPI, it will be a climate KPI there. So you already missed the, the two information in a reporting 
framework and in then an assurance framework. So it obliged us to to merge this, I think. Yeah, and I could see I had some uh, conversations recently about this with some of my colleagues within the firm that I work for. And, and we discussed how easy it seems, but how difficult it can be to assess like the level of turnover and the level of capex and the level of opex. They're very easy terms, but to really apply them can be a challenge. And at the same time, it, it is also a big opportunity, I would say, to demonstrate our, our relevance. And maybe, you know, we should come back to that. But before we do so, maybe if it is about the, the implementation, I think you said that companies need to disclose already very shortly. At the same time, I think we hear some, well, call it rumors, or there are some signs that it will be somewhat delayed because of the, the illogical order, right? So financial institutions initially would have to go first with their portfolio information, whereas the companies would have to disclose yet. As, as far as I'm aware now, it would be that companies would need to disclose on their 2021 um, activities, and then the financial institution would follow immediately after. It will be implementation 2021, effectively, and then it will be reported in 2022, and then uh, both for financial institutions and then companies. Is that in line with, with the latest information that you have around? Yes, but still, I mean, there's room of interpretation and uh, <laughs> you can argue also that the company will start applying this from 2022. So there is a bit of uncertainty on, yeah. on, on this timing. Still, some companies are preparing themselves to do it. Some already are actually disclosed their level of activity uh, that is compatible with the taxonomy because there's a strong stakeholder uh, interest in, in this. And some yeah. are complaining because the taxonomy today is telling you how much your activity are compatible with activity that are tagged by the taxonomy as contributing to climate risk mitigation. But if you take a company that is uh, neutral, because it's doing services, pharma, good pharma, you, you work for the health of the people, but you still would be reporting 0% uh, compliance with the taxonomy. So with, with a kind of negative tag in the, in the market. So there's also complaint on this as well. Should you report the level that is compatible with taxonomy or the level that is eligible to the taxonomy in terms of what's more yeah. meaningful? There's a pressure to disclose the level compatible with the taxonomy because NGO think that this will drive the, the company in the good direction. I'm not too sure it's a good picture, but I think it's going this way. There is also, I think, amongst us some confusion about the exact date of implementation and the order of things as we were discussing. I think it is planned to, to have an updated NFRD by the end of January 2021, at least a proposal that may result in further standardization, but also that is going at high pace, but a bit uncertain. So I think next year in that regard will be a year of some uncertainty, I would say. And I think one of the things we should push for with Accounts Europe also is to get clarity on that because it will both put companies and us, I think, in uncertainty and at a certain level of risk, because as far as I understand, the implementation of this disclosure of green activities will be a delegated act, so that will have a direct impact. And then you would immediately get into non-compliance issues if you don't report on these, whereas 
companies have to figure out what it means for them. And as you say, you know, whether your activities fall under it. And now for a pharma, it's relatively easy, although you're kind of excluded. <laughs> but if you are in, in energy and part of your activities is green and part of it is not, then it becomes quickly quite complicated. And this is just one of them. The same applies, I think, to agriculture and many other sectors. I think you also already touched on assurance and equality opportunity for us. I think that is a good point maybe to talk on a little too. From the responses to the NFRD consultation, there was a high level of positive responses to should there be assurance. About 70% of the respondents said yes, we would be looking for assurance. So I would say that we can expect levels of assurance, whether that is reasonable or limited with Accountancy Europe, we suggested to take a step-by-step -step approach and not go for a reasonable directly and start with limited as a road to the ultimate level of assurance that may be needed. But when I reflect on that, I think that we can expect this to come. So by January 2021, we can expect a reference to assurance, maybe on some key indicators, maybe on some wider information would be my expectation. It also, if we look at the growing importance of non-financial information and particularly ESG and then even more within the EU, then I think we have a significant role to play to continue the confidence in companies and their reporting, but also to strengthen our own role going forward and make sure that we are part of the full economic system that now includes ESG. I would also say, and I'm interested in your reflections there too, that we as accountants with uh, Accountancy Europe have also strengthened the, the relevance of, of accountants in the debate. So all in all, I would say I'm quite positive about where all of this is going in, in, in light of the role of the profession. But how would you see that and would you see any hurdles that we might face with this uh, increasing role? There's a growing acknowledgement that ESG is not a nice to have type of topic, something that you, you would say, well, I'm, I'm a good citizen, I'm a good company, so I'm doing good thing for the society. It's not anymore this actually, I see this from a risk perspective, which is not all the perspective, but if you look at it at the risk perspective, then every company has a risk related to SG today, every investor has to think about it today. It's a real risk. The, the society on topics like pollution, what you're doing in your supply chain, all the, the acceptance of not being good on this is getting very low now. So you're also running a risk to lose your license to operate as well. So it's a risk. And as it is it's a risk, then you end up with a question of how the company will report it. And what's our role in terms of when we're doing assurance or help reporting in helping them to do it in the right manner. The main challenge I see, and this might also drive our profession in a, in a way, is that we will have at a certain point to have an idea on the materiality of this risk. Today, the company disclose on the one in terms of, of ESG. How do we make sure that they're going to disclose on the specific items that are material to them now in the future? So you have a lot of judgment, you have a projection aspect of it. If you are a stakeholder that wants to use the information, you, you will need this information. 
what's relevant for the company will be in the situation of helping or providing a judgment on this. And then that's called more for, again, an integration between our financial expertise and our ESG expertise. I come from this from the sustainability reporting side. So I'm, I'm from this uh, nice to have era, if you like. Uh, but over the past five years with the TCFD, House for Climate Related Financial Disclosures, we have seen the uh, perspective of switching. If you look at climate, it is already a financial risk and it is already in IASB uh, regulations. It might need to be strengthened, by the way, but I heard or I read that investors are now calling auditors to provide their audit against a, a Paris-aligned trajectory. So that would mean that you would have to assess every asset of a company against, would that still deliver its income in a two-degree world? And if not, what would that mean for valuation just on the balance sheet? So there's a lot, as you say, you know, you're making that point a few times, and I think it's very important that we see increasing integration, and, and we need that. I would then also put forward a concern. I would also be somewhat concerned with the knowledge of the profession. I'm not talking about individual people or whether we are professional or not, but more like, will we be sufficiently and quickly enough prepared to integrate this ESG uh, information? Will we have the right capabilities? If the EU asks for assurance, can the profession deliver that at all? And if we can't, then what does that mean for our risk? Well, I agree that's another major takes for us. And I would say we're the best place to do it. People will naturally come to us uh, because of our assurance experience. And also because we saw with the taxonomy, there are financial aspects of it. I mean, you cannot disentangle totally the, the two. Uh, but still, they can go to others as well. And if they go to others, I'm 100% sure that it will not be as well done as we can do because we know what assurance means actually while the others don't. We have a big training challenge and integration of the sustainability teams and the, the other teams as well. SME, they run a risk of being excluded from what's happening. They're in the supply chain of some companies. So if they're not able to provide the information to the company, maybe they won't be able to do business. And when they have to be financed, all the financing company will ask them a lot of information. So if they don't provide the information, they have the risk to be excluded. So SME will have to be part of the game in a way. And if you think also of who in the SME space can help the SME to do the transformation to have an ESG strategy, a climate strategy, and then have the proper disclosure that come together, probably the best place again is the, the accountant. So I, that's another reason I think we we have a role to play there. Yeah, can you share what we as Sustainable Finance Group will be focusing on? What is our key agenda going forward for the next year at least? What probably is important for the profession and for the Sustainable Finance Group is to be part of the debate. And this can be done in various formats. Uh, I think the next thing we want to do is to share what we think on green bond. We, we mentioned natural capital accounting. If I draw the, the, the picture a bit further, and I know it's far, 
but I think measuring impact is going to be important uh, going forward. And that's an important piece, very challenging, but an important piece that is on the agenda of the European Commission and that we'll have to contribute as well. I would also add, in light of this uh, expected upcoming NFRB with assurance requirements, is that we will also uh, focus on assurance if, if that comes forward and make sure that uh, that, that has been dealt with uh, properly and, and in the right way and we can play, play our role there. We hope you enjoyed this insight into how the accountancy profession is gearing up to partner the EU in its green transition. We'd like to thank Women Rami for sharing this conversation exclusively with our podcast audience. Thanks for listening to Because People Count, the Accountancy Europe podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating or review and subscribe. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcasting apps. Get in touch. We are at AccountancyEU on Twitter, and you can contact me at Andrea at AccountancyEurope.eu. This podcast is presented and edited by Andrea Campbell with help from Elida Nijar. Our music is Fearless First by Kevin McLeod under a Creative Commons license. See you next time, because people count.